everyone. I am Emily Landers, and this is How'd She Do That? A podcast answering that question each episode. Welcome, everyone. I am so happy that you're tuning in today on this beautiful Friday, tuning in for this fun and exciting bonus episode. Welcome. Thank you guys so much for letting me be a small part of your day. Well, today's guest is one I have been so looking forward to introducing you to, but before we dive in, I want to give a quick update for you all because many of you have been DMing me and saying, okay, when do your episodes go out? What is this? What is that? You guys, you can always count on a Tuesday episode coming out on How'd She Do That podcast. Today's episode is a very special bonus episode, as well as last week with Maya Billman. I'm sure you guys listened and were encouraged. I have had so much fun recently highlighting and connecting with young women, young entrepreneurs who are actually college students that started a business. So I have enjoyed it so much. I want to uh, reach out to you guys. If you are a college student and you have a business and you would like to potentially be highlighted on an episode, an upcoming episode, I'd love to hear from you. You can reach me at howshedothatpodcast.com on our contact form. So we will always have episodes episodes coming out on Tuesdays. These Friday episodes are just massive bonus moments for us and bonus moments for me. Just so much fun to highlight as many women as possible to hear how they have done X, Y, Z. I love it. Well, also today, you guys, you're going to want to hear this. Elizabeth, our guest today, has been so sweet. We also have a giveaway happening over on Instagram. So you are going to want to check that out at How'd She Do That Podcast. Check out how you can enter. Lastly, gosh, you guys, if you haven't listened to our Tuesday episode with Anna Mae Groves, check it out. She was fantastic. But first and foremost, you guys are going to love today's episode. I'm excited to introduce Elizabeth. Here is Elizabeth Allen on How'd She Do That? Today's guest is actually a listener who began a quarantine business that I cannot wait to highlight. It was inspired by her love of DIY and in hopes of spending quality time with her sister. Elizabeth Allen is a native Texan and sophomore at Texas A&M University, and she recently launched her custom hand embroidered designs with Created by Eliza. When Elizabeth isn't creating her products, sending out designs, or working on schoolwork, she is likely baking, exercising, reading, or enjoying time with her friends and family in Texas. Elizabeth, welcome to How'd She Do That? Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Well, you are just the sweetest person, and I am so excited that we've been able to connect and welcome because you are actually my first undergrad guest, and I'm so excited about this. What an honor. That's so exciting. So cool how we connected. I just love the power of social media, how it brought us together. Totally. And for you to have been listening to how'd she do that, and then for that question to kind of come up in my brain in regards to what you've been up to recently, I'm like hearing, wait wait a second, okay, I think Elizabeth is a sophomore, she's at A&M, and yet how cute are these designs that she's launched during quarantine? So I'm ready to dive in. I want listeners to get to know you, and uh, it's fun. We can keep in mind many of my listeners are, uh, gosh, recent grads, 
perhaps college students. I've been speaking at a lot of universities this semester via Zoom to different sororities. But those of you who are listening, you might actually be an empty nester. Um, And perhaps Elizabeth is the age of one of your girls or or sons. Um, And so it's just fun to get a little bit more insight into your season of life but also adding in this element of quarantine, the pandemic. So anyways, I want to give you the mic. I'm so excited, and I'd love to just dive in. Um, I'd love to know, you know, if you want to give us a little bit of your background, a little bit more about you, maybe where are you from, and then I've mentioned you're at Texas A&M, but maybe walk us through the process of deciding to go there, and um, yeah, can't wait to hear more. Yes. So I'm from Houston, Texas, was born there and have lived there until I went away to college. And like you said, Emily, I'm a sophomore at Texas A&M. And it's actually a pretty funny story how I ended up going there. I was (laughs) born and raised in a UT family, the University of Texas. Uh Uh-oh. Everyone in my family has gone to school there, dressed up as a Texas cheerleader for Halloween many years in my life. Um, And I kind of always figured that I would go to UT, but as I became older, um, I just kind of had this thought in the back of my mind that maybe UT wouldn't be the right fit for me, but I just kind of pushed it to the side and still pursued my dream of going there. And senior year of high school, end of junior year of high school, when college applications and the whole nine yards is happening, um, my family and I just continued to pray that the Lord would close doors that needed to be closed and open doors that needed to be opened, which was definitely hard for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's exactly what he did with UT. And I was super upset at the time and a little bit of frustration inside me. But mm-hmm. I also knew that it was confirmation of that thought of doubt that I had always had kind of in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's pretty funny. My dad discipled a ton of guys who graduated from A&M. Um, he started discipling them right after college. And just, it's crazy to look back now and see how many influential people in my life have all gone to A&M. And one of the guys specifically, his name is Cam. And my freshman-ish year of high school, he was like, so Elizabeth, where do you want to go to school? And I was like, uh, duh, UT. And he was like, I'm going to be laughing when I'm helping you move into your dorm at A&M. And I was like, no way. That's not <laughs> uh, But it's funny. We've come really full circle. And now I'm at A&M and love it. And just the community here is so amazing. Um, and I have so many amazing friends that I know I will be so close with for so long. And I just really think that is unique to A&M um, and definitely the big reason that I chose to go to school there. Oh, that's so fun. And I love to the point you just shared. And this is such a lesson for anyone, any age, but especially when you're thinking about where it is you may go to college, and you could even add this to the list of where it is you want to work after school. But just that element of of letting doors close that are not meant to be and, and accepting them. And it doesn't mean that there's, you know, of course, there's a disappointment that can come. But ultimately, on the other side of the door that does open, you can see, okay, this is exactly exactly where I was supposed to be. So I love that piece of your stepping into college. And then tell us this. So so last year was your freshman year of college. Um, tell us about that because that was not 
during a pandemic. <laughs> what yeah. has, what did that look like? And then we can also maybe here, I'd love to know what are you majoring in? And then how did you kind of decide to hone in on that major or perhaps you're still figuring it out? Mm-hmm. So I'm a communication major and I recently decided to minor in Spanish as well. Oh, nice. Uh, A&M comm majors have to have a minor. And so I just always grew up speaking Spanish and in Spanish classes and have really enjoyed continuing that into college. And my freshman year, oh, I guess how I decided comm, I originally wanted to be my senior year of high school, didn't really know what I wanted to major in or what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, But I thought about speech and language pathology just because my younger sister has special needs and I had seen the influence that they had made in her life and just how much of a difference they had made. And I wanted to do the same for other children. Mm-hmm. And then A&M actually doesn't have a speech path major. So I would have been in education. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided to switch into calm once I got to school because I just didn't want to pursue education and figured if I still wanted um, to be a speech pathologist, I could still be in communication. So that's kind of how I decided about calm. And my freshman year was such a whirlwind. It was so amazing. It definitely (laughs) had its fair share of hardships and I'm super close with my family. And so being apart from them was harder at times, but also just a really sweet opportunity of um, just diving deeper into friendships my freshman year and just becoming so much more independent. And I had an awesome transition into college, a bunch of older girls who have really just taken me under their wing um, and getting plugged into an awesome church and a lot of leadership opportunities. So it was so fun. Definitely a bummer when we had to go back home in March, but also it was kind of a blessing in disguise as well, just because I got to spend more time with my family, start this business. Um, but that I would say that's my freshman year in just a couple minutes. Oh, well, such great insight. And I loved to hear that your freshman year was encouraging and fun, and it wasn't totally filled with turmoil like some freshman years <laughs> can be. Well, tell me this. Is it just you and your sister? And what's her name? Or are there other siblings? So I there's three siblings. My younger brother, his name is William. And then my younger sister, her name is Catherine. And we're all two years apart. So I'm the oldest. And then Catherine, she is affectionately known as Biscuit in our family. And oh. everyone just refers to her as Biscuit. But she's the youngest. And she's 16 this December. Oh, my goodness. So you go off to college. You say your goodbyes, as many college students have done this past year. And and as a freshman, you are saying goodbye. See you later, family. And then all of a sudden in March, things kind of take a different turn. So I'd love to hear about your experience in the beginning of this year. Gosh, February, we all kind of had eyes on it. Um, And then March was really when things began to shut down. How are you feeling during that time? Um, What was the, what was kind of the vibe in in college and at school um, as you actually packed up and and headed back to Houston? Mm -hmm. I remember actually we were, my sorority, we all, the freshmen, 
um, or the new pledge class always go to Florida every year for spring break. And so I remember we were in Florida, we were in Seaside specifically and standing under this building. And I, f- I feel like I'll always remember this moment. And we got an email from A&M saying that school was canceled just for a few days because of Corona. And our dr- we were leaving to go back to school the next day. And our whole drive, we were just co- all constantly getting texts of friends at other universities who had oh. for the whole semester or just like things slowly started trickling in. And I feel like at the beginning, we were all just kind of in denial. And we were like, no way that this our school is going to be canceled for the whole semester. Like, we're going to go back. We just didn't know that much about coronavirus at the time. Um, so definitely a, lots of denial at first. And then when we found out that school was canceled the whole time or the whole semester, it was definitely a bittersweet feeling because... I feel like I was finally at the point in college where I was loving it and um, just so excited to come back from spring break and dive into um, deeper friendships and just excited to finish out this the year. And then we all got sent home, which was just, it was fun to be with my family and such a sweet time that I'll never, ever get back and would not trade for the world. But also just a bummer having that part of our freshman year taken away. Um, but it was, it had its pros and cons, a blessing in disguise, but definitely missed being at school. Oh my gosh. Thinking about you guys being in Seaside and getting that email is like the saddest thing I have ever heard. That is so sad. And it it does. It makes me think of uh, my husband and I, we did a big trip in February. Um, and then that last weekend before shutdown, I was actually in Washington, D.C. And I had friends. Um, denial would be the best word for my personal coronavirus experience. I had friends saying, oh, yeah, we're, it's going to be a shutdown, Emily. I mean, you're not going to be able to leave your house. And I thought, people, what? people can't do that. I mean, this is crazy. Um, So just the whirlwind of a year. And again, to be thinking about you in school and then heading back to, yeah, gosh, to Houston uh, and to be with family. So tell us a little bit about what it was like to be back home. Um, But then perhaps we can even dive into the creative side. I mean, you have, like many, um, but I want to give you credit, you have actually started a quarantine business, a business during quarantine. And you're also, and we don't want to label our businesses as business quarantine business or a quarantine (laughs) podcast, but you're kind of also on a quarantine podcast, which is kind of fun. So tell us about the process of um, thinking about, and I'm I'm calling it created by Eliza. Is that what you're continuing to call it? I know that's the Instagram name right now. That's what I'm calling it. Okay, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about when that inkling of maybe wanting to do something fun and creative came to fruition during quarantine. For sure. So I definitely, I was still doing online classes, but had so much more free time because I just didn't have that much to do. And one day I was on TikTok and (laughs) I (laughs) so many different TikToks of tie-dye and just I love fashion and have been reading fashion blogs for such a long time and was like slowly noticing that tie-dye was coming back in style. And with all this free time, I was like, well, I definitely could try to do this myself. I had seen other tie-dye sweatshirts being sold for 
and the hundreds of dollars. And I was like, oh, I could totally make that for myself. And I also wanted to, I thought it'd be a fun way to spend time with my sister and just give us an activity to do together. And she had actually tie-dyed before me um, at her school. And so funny, the first round of tie-dye she was kind of taking charge. I was like, okay, biscuit, like, what do you know? <laughs> um, so, which was just sweet to look back on. Um, and so that's kind of how it started. I originally didn't embroider the sweatshirts. I just tie-dyed them for me and my family and a couple friends. And then a few weeks later, I was like, why, why shouldn't I embroider them? I have always loved cursive and calligraphy, and have good handwriting. And I was like, I could totally do this. So I just searched how to do a back stitch, a simple stitch, and just decided to try it on a sweatshirt. And so that's kind of how the idea was born. Oh my goodness. And you guys, I'm going to give you a chance. You might already, I mean, go ahead, go ahead and check out Created by Eliza. Elizabeth will give us all of the places that you guys can check in with her later on. But when you see these designs, they are so cute. They're so fun. They're just, they're happy is kind of how I would describe them. But were you originally, when you kind of started seeing this trend on TikTok, I mean, I remember even I thought, oh, I should tie dye something. That seems to be what we're doing in quarantine. But when did you think, okay, I could I could make this for friends or or when did people kind of did people reach out? What did it look like to transition from, you know, an afternoon with with Catherine with Biscuit and then into, oh, maybe more people than just my family would like these? Mm-hmm. One of our best family friends, she's kind of been adopted into our family. Um, does everything with us, goes on our family vacations with us. Her name's Mimi, and I made her sweatshirt. And we all had matching ones. They were all like pink tie-dye with hearts and hot pink with our names. Um, And she was telling me, she's like, Elizabeth, you should make these. So many people I know love these and have seen the same sweatshirts that I had seen that people were selling. And she's like, you should sell them. And I told her flat out, I was like, Mimi, no one is ever going to buy them. I also was about to leave to go work at summer camp for practically the whole summer and was just kind of overwhelmed with starting that right before leaving for camp. And she was like, no, Elizabeth, you should put yourself out there. Just post on Instagram. And so I took her advice and I went for it. And um, I was shocked that people were responding to my Instagram story and were wanting to buy them. And so I quickly set up an Instagram page and a Google form where people can fill out their sweatshirts. So while I was gone at camp, they could still place orders. And on my time off, I could order the inventory that I needed to my house and the dye and all that sort. Uh, But that's, I would say, when it kind of went from just a hobby to people actually wanting to buy them. Oh, that's so fun to think about you kind of transitioning into that. I love to think about you just going for it and that encouragement from from Mimi. <laughs> Hi, Mimi, the, the family friend to say, you know, Elizabeth, this is something that you could really do. W- did you have any doubt? I mean, you're kind of putting yourself out there a little bit. You're kind of like starting this Instagram and you're, you know, kind of you're really going for it. What how are you feeling? I mean, was there any doubt there that that someone would reach out? I definitely had doubts. My dad and I went on a lot of walks during quarantine and 
Yes. He, I guess he's my, he's taken on the role as my financial advisor, business advisor, <laughs> one. Um, and we just spent lots of time talking through it. And I definitely, there was part of me that thought I was going to embarrass myself or no one was going to want to buy them. Um, but I just, I don't know. I guess I just had this wave of confidence and just decided to put myself out there. And I was thinking if no one wants to buy them, like that's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Um, and so like, there's no harm in putting myself out there. So I don't really know what came over me, but, (laughs) (laughs) but it happened. Oh, that's so good. It's so good. And and the reason that I kind of asked that is because I think of myself as a, a, a sophomore in college, there is no way. And of course, you know, Instagram was just starting out at that point and not to date myself because I'm not that old, you guys. No, but <laughs> Thank you. But to think about being a sophomore in college, I mean, I would have been thinking, okay, this is going to be embarrassing. Who, who even knows? But I love that for you, for whatever reason, it was like, no, let's go for this. Let's try. And I think so many young women have actually started um, projects in quarantine. And I love for you, the inspiration of, of spending time with Catherine, with your sister, um, and then just doing something new and, and trying something new. It's really cool to see how quarantine uh, for quite a few people, and of course, my state, California, we're still pretty much kind of sort of quarantined, but kind of a necessity of you had more time on your hands, right? And and that's really behind this podcast, behind the scenes of this podcast. Um, I was kind of briefly put on pause for one of my businesses, one of my roles that I'm in, um, and then had the time to do this. So anyways, I love to think about you just going for it and putting it out there. I'd love to know what's the process. Tell us a little bit about the process behind creating these sweatshirts and what an afternoon might look like for you and Biscuit as you guys are tie-dyeing and just, yeah, let us know. Yes. So it is Definitely pretty time consuming. I guess if I was going to walk you through the process of making a sweatshirt, um, it starts, you have to, you know, roll up the sweatshirt, use rubber bands, mix all of the dye, and then I will go outside and dye it. And it, I usually let it sit for eight to 10 hours just so the color can really develop and be nice and um, vibrant. And then there's the process of rinsing out the dye and then washing it and drying it, um, which really isn't that much time other than like the hours that it's sitting. But I would say the most time consuming part is definitely the embroidery just because I hand stitch every sweatshirt. Um, and so that definitely takes the longest amount of time, but I've gotten to be pretty quick at it now. Um, so I can whip it out faster, but it's really sweet. Catherine, she always is asking she's like sissy what can I do to help you with your sweatshirts and she just sits outside when I'm home and we'll just talk and talk and talk why I dye my sweatshirts which is really sweet oh that's so fun and what are you doing while you are doing that hand stitch are you watching tv are you hanging out in the kitchen what are you up to then (laughs) um it depends I've done it in a lot of different places but (laughs) um just watching a show or listening to some podcasts or um, when I, I come home occasionally to dye sweatshirts. And so if I'm stitching at home, I'll make sure to like sit in the living room or the kitchen where I can be in on all the action and 
not feel like I'm missing um, time with my family. And we recently just went to the beach for a couple days. And so I brought them to the beach and um, have done them in the car, driving places, just wherever. But I would say usually watching a show or listening to a podcast of some sort. Oh, that's so good. And yes, hopefully how'd she do that has been with you while you have been um, doing some hand stitch at some point. Oh, I love it. Well, and I love too to hear hear about Catherine and I'm sure she's so proud of you. What does she think of your final designs? She loves them. She thinks they're so fun. She definitely has a ton of sweatshirts. Um, (laughs) My mom will just ship me sweatshirts and she's like, would you mind embroidering these for Catherine and then sending them back? Uh, fun, but she loves them, and she's kind of my guinea pig in a way because I'll practice designs on her sweatshirts and whatnot. But she wears them; she wears it every night. She wears this one pair of like bright colored pajamas from J Crew and her sweatshirt every night, and it's so sweet. Oh, that is awesome. Well, this is really cool. And when you guys see the designs that we're talking about, and again, if you haven't checked out Created by Liza on Instagram, you definitely should. But when you see them, you're going to see they're so cute. They're so fun. They're just, they're girly. They're bright. I mean, guys, you would love them too. But I would love to know because I think it's really cool that you've honed in on something so fun and something so creative. Again, a little DIY during quarantine now turned into a, a business. Where do you think your eye for design and and kind of style comes from? I would say that it's a combination between one, my mom has really awesome taste Mm. um, and fashion and home design and just has a really great eye. It's funny. Well, I always send her links of like clothes or shoes or whatnot that I like. And it's really funny because sometimes she'll send me links and I had already found that item. And so we're just on the same page. Um, which is fun. And she has just always dressed me and my siblings when we were younger in the most like classic, smocked, cute outfits. Ah, yes. I I was like 13 and I was like, mom, if you can find me a smocked dress, that's my size. I will wear it. (laughs) I'm 13 years old. Like I do not know of any other 13 year olds who have ever said that. Um, (laughs) And then also um, I just have loved reading fashion blogs throughout middle school and high school. And so I think reading those has also um, contributed to my love of design and style. And it's fun because I love to read a mix of like classic, whimsical, very feminine bloggers, but also preppy and some who like project the trends. And so I like to kind of cover all aspects of fashion. So just to be more knowledgeable about it. So also definitely lots of fashion bloggers. Oh, yes. I love that. And I love that that's kind of where you can find inspiration and good grief. Who knows what could come next for you, but to already have, I mean, basically a line of clothing out is really impressive and really fun. We're going to give you a chance again to let everybody know where they can connect with you. But I'd love to know because we've chatted a little bit about the, the season kind of moving into the pandemic. And again, so many of my listeners, I know you guys are inspired and encouraged by what Elizabeth has 
has been up to. And my goodness, if you have been thinking of, and again, we're not going to call my podcast a quarantine podcast forever, (laughs) but if you are thinking, you know, if perhaps you have been lacking inspiration or there was something that came to mind during quarantine that you thought, you know, I've always wanted to do that and I have the time now. Well, I hope that Elizabeth's story will inspire you to go for it um, because that's really the the hope behind this conversation and, and all of our conversations on how to do that podcast of, okay, how can I connect the dots? And again, just a friendly reminder, Elizabeth and I, we are talking about a year in her life. How impressive is that to think of Elizabeth at a, a sophomore at AM to step out and to be doing this fun stuff? Um, but Elizabeth, many of us are not going to be um, in college during a pandemic. I will never experience that. Some of you listening are currently experiencing that. What has being in college during a pandemic been like for you? It definitely has been quite interesting. I would say definitely this year, it's been full of silver linings, I would say. Just an unexpected blessing. Just being able to spend um, quality time with people because that's kind of really, I would say, we don't really have lots of events to go to. Um, All of my classes are online. And so I'm constantly surrounded by all of my friends, which has just been so sweet um, to become just further our relationships and become friends with so many people who I didn't even really know that well last Mm. year. Mm. And it's just been really nice to have a flexible schedule. I've mentioned earlier that I'm super close with my family um, and it's just sweet. I, there's just been some opportunities that I would have missed if I was in in in-person classes. Like next week, my brother, he's a senior in high school and he's going to play baseball at Purdue University next year. And And so I definitely would not have been able to go to that if I was in in in-person classes. Um, So that's been a really sweet, sweet thing. Mm -hmm. And I love too, just what you said about silver linings. I think many of us and, and perhaps you guys, um, you know, some people would kind of uh, kind of share it as this. I've heard quarantine kind of be talked about this and even getting out of quarantine, it's kind of like a big wave and you're kind of tossed around a little beat up, but then you come to the surface and you're feeling good. Some of you guys might be at that point where you feel like, okay, I feel like I'm catching my breath and I'm, I'm getting there. But I love what Elizabeth just said about looking for those silver linings and she's able to have memories with her family she wouldn't have had otherwise. So just an encouragement to you, again, as you're listening and, and we even have, gosh, we have listeners over in the UK. And I know you guys are actually back um, back shut down. So perhaps you're listening in the UK and you're thinking, well, no, I mean, we're shut down again. Well, what are the silver linings that you can look for in your life? We'd love to hear from you. Let us know. Let Elizabeth and I know what are the silver linings uh, for you this year, whether it be quarantine, shutdown, lockdown, I think they might even be calling it. Um, there's always going to be something that you can be grateful for. And there's always going to be a silver line. Um, I'd also love to know, is there anything about this season that has maybe surprised you? Yes, I would say um, just learning how to manage my time. I am mm. super, I'm a one on the Enneagram, very organized, loveless. And I would always say that I've been really great at managing my time, but it surprised me just how many opportunities have opened up with my small business. And so 
that has even further led me to just learning how to manage my time, um, give myself grace when maybe I have a really busy school week or a really busy sweatshirt week and just um, reminding myself that I'm so new at this and I'm not perfect that I'm going to make mistakes. Um, so that has, I guess that's been a bit of a surprise, just a shock to my system, but it's definitely been a cool opportunity and definitely something that I would not have had to learn, um, without this business. Mm, that's so good. Yes. And, and just a little side note, it's really fun. You guys are hearing Elizabeth talk about, you know, maybe it's a heavy sweatshirt week. Maybe it's a heavy school week. I mean, hello, you guys, those of us who are older, this is crazy. It's so impressive that you are doing all of that. And even before, uh, when Elizabeth and I originally connected, um, I was touching base with her on, Hey, you know, let me know when you might be able to record. And, and she's like, great, can't wait. Um, but you know, this week is heavy. Oh, I've got classes. I have an assignment coming up then I've got sweat. I mean, it is as, as, um, not busy quarantine, uh, and this year, 2020 may have been for some people, you are definitely rocking and rolling and it's so fun to hear. Well, I love to ask, um, this question and it's, it's a little bit of a loaded one. So I'm going to warn you, but, but I would love to know, and my listeners would too, what is perhaps the greatest lesson you have learned? Yes, I would say first from a practical standpoint, definitely how to manage my money and how to track expenses. I have not, I'm not a business major. I don't have any previous business knowledge at all. I've always been so bored by it. Um, <laughs> but definitely learning how to figure that all out by myself um, with the help of my fabulous banker and financial advisor, my dad. Um, <laughs> from a practical standpoint, just tracking my expenses and things of that nature. But Probably the biggest thing, which we touched on a little earlier, is just putting myself out there. Um, when I first decided or to start this business, I had, like I said, I had no idea if it was going to be successful or not. And I still decided to put those fears aside and just go for it. And it's just been a really cool opportunity um, just to see how that has come to fruition and how I've reached out to either bloggers or small business owners or people who own boutiques in Houston about doing giveaways or purchasing sweatshirts, which is something I do not think I ever would have done. I probably would have been too nervous to do that or thought that I would have been <laughs> convenience. But I think that putting myself out there on multiple occasions has strength, strengthened my confidence and also just forced me to lean on the Lord and trust his timing. There's been opportunities um, where people have reached out to me and I've been so excited for them and they just ended up not happening. And um, it's difficult sometimes being like, oh, what did I do wrong? Like, was there something that I could have done in that situation? But just trusting in his timing and knowing that his plans are so much greater and that he already has it all worked out. Like years ago when I had no idea that this would be a thing, like he knew that I'd be doing this, that we would be having this conversation so that's just a really sweet thing to think about. But definitely putting myself out there um, and just having this newfound sense of confidence has definitely been one of my greatest lessons that I've learned. 
Mm. And and something that doesn't come naturally for a lot of us. So I love that that you're kind of learning that now. You know, how can I put myself out there? And and I totally agree. And I I feel like in a way I can say I get it because I feel the same with the podcast. I mean, I'm I'm looking at the new year and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we're we're still going to have people coming on and and even uh, reaching out and and getting a no. Haven't had many of those, um, but but maybe a perhaps not now, maybe later and. You can kind of think, well, well, dang it, you know, did I, you know, what what went on here? But I love what you're saying about, you know, the timing always pans out, and and gosh, full circle moment, um, when one door closes, right, another one opens. So I love that, and I think that I think that's my my takeaway from our conversation today. Well, Elizabeth, this has been so much fun. And I know you guys have probably already looked Elizabeth up on social media. You're seeing her darling designs. Elizabeth, we would love to know um, what's next for you? What's around the corner? What's going on? What can we stay tuned for? Well, tangibly or I would say I, I really want to launch some new products. A lot of my friends and sorority sisters have told me that they want tie-dye sets and tie-dye joggers, which Cute. I have always wanted to make. So I definitely um, have been researching different brands of joggers and sweatpants that I would love to dye and embroider down the road. Um, but other than that, I mean, I think that only – God knows. And a year ago, I never could have dreamed that I'd be doing this. So who knows what the future holds. But that's also such a cool opportunity to be in just to see um, where this business goes and um, focusing on the present. I'm loving making these sweatshirts and learning lots through hands-on experience, but taking it day by day. Um, And as long as people are ordering sweatshirts, I will continue to make them and um, dream up new ideas and designs. So I would say that's what's next for me right now. Oh, so fun. And I know many of my listeners would be eyeing those. They would be pumped about sets. That would be darling. Well, gosh, we have covered so much today, but is there anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to? I don't think so. We covered it all. We stretched over a year, but gosh, this year has been crazy for you, but also so encouraging and so cool to see what you've been up to this year. And again, as if I need to remind you, listener, this is a sophomore in college that we're talking to. In college, you guys, this is a sophomore in college. I mean, how impressive is that? It's so fun, Elizabeth, to hear your heart behind your business and and just the fun you've had. I love too, it sounds like you don't put too much pressure on yourself and you're just ready to send off those orders when they come and you're able to kind of stay flexible and and also prepare for the best and, and get ready for the best and reach out to those different businesses and boutiques in Houston. So it will be really fun. Um, you'll perhaps have to share with us what's next for you in a year or so, and we'll see what you've been up to. Well, I love to ask this question to all of my guests because I find um, networking to be such an important part of your career and life in general. It's how this podcast continues to have guests often um, is is through my network or or guest network and thinking about, okay, who is it that we could maybe touch base with? So anyways, I'd love to know, I'd love to ask you, who do you know that should come on and share their how'd she do that story? 
Yes, I have one gal who I know personally, and then one who I don't. I feel like I know her because I follow her on Instagram. But (laughs) uh, the first, her name's Maggie Avery, and she's actually one of my sorority sisters. Um, She's a year older than me at AM, and um, she and one of her really close friends from home started a company during, I think, during quarantine as well. I need to double check, called Gotta Graze. And they make the cutest box charcuterie boards. Um, oh, how fun. So cute. You need to check them out on Instagram. Um, but these like box little charcuterie meat and cheese um, plates, and they make it so beautiful and pick out all the meats and cheeses. And I also think they have a dessert one. Uh, oh, they had a really cute Halloween one. Um, so I think she would be awesome. Um, to be on the podcast, another college student with their own small business. And then the second, her name is Julie Friedman of Young, Wild, and Friedman. And she currently lives in Houston. But I found out about her um, through some mutual friends. She, her do- she makes these delightful Play-Doh and sensory play kits to help um, parents integrate sensory play into the lives of their children. And she started making these kits for her daughter who is diagnosed with a speech disorder. And Mm -hmm. so I just loved following her um, also because like I said, Biscuit has special needs. And so I just think that's a really unique thing that we have in common. And so I just loved following along and uh, some girls that I babysit, they play with these Play-Doh kits and they're just so cute. They have so many different themes. And so I think that that would be a really fun guest to have as well. Oh my goodness. Well, we are going to have to be on the lookout for a potential episode with Maggie. And then what a fun side note I need to share. So Julie, I recorded with um, a gal yesterday named Lindsay. She's Houston Diamond Girl. And she actually recommended Julie. And I put it, yes, I put it together. I believe Julie and I may have been sorority sisters at Baylor. So Julie, you got to come on the podcast, girl. You are in high demand. How fun is that? (laughs) That is fantastic. Well, great, great suggestions, Elizabeth. I love it. And you all will, again, have to stay tuned for those episodes. How much fun fun. Well, Elizabeth, I have kind of teased this and I even even said it earlier, but I'd love to know where can listeners connect with you? Yes, you can find me on Instagram. My username is created by Eliza. Um, yeah, that's where you can find me. Oh, fantastic. And that's where they can send in orders and whatnot as well? Yes, there's a link and I am in the process of developing a website. I don't really know I'm doing this all by myself. So that's in the process. But if you want to order a sweatshirt, you can go to the link in my Instagram bio and there's a form that you can fill out um, with all of my items in different colors and threads. And it's super easy, very user-friendly. And that's how you can place an order or you can always DM me on Instagram. Oh, fantastic. And you guys, you will have heard at the beginning of this episode in the intro, but we are pumped. We're actually doing a giveaway as well over on How'd She Do That Podcast. So be sure to follow Created by Eliza as well as How'd She Do That Podcast and enter our giveaway, which actually is going to launch the day this episode drops. Well, Elizabeth, this has been so much fun connecting with you and hearing your story. I am so grateful for your time. And I know that this conversation 
conversation is going to encourage a lot of women. So thank you again for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. This has just been such a delightful conversation and such an honor to be on your podcast. Oh, well, you are the sweetest. And someday when I am in Houston, my husband is from Friendswood, Texas. So just outside of Houston, I will have to give you a hug and a thank you in person. How about that? Yes, that sounds amazing. Awesome. Well, we will talk soon. Bye, Emily. Thank you all for listening to today's episode of How'd She Do That? I am Emily Landers. You can follow me on Instagram at Emily Landers and the podcast at How'd She Do That Podcast. Please join us next week for a new episode. We will talk to you soon.